Hello, babies. How are y'all doing? I am fantastic. I recently celebrated my birthday in Sorrento, Italy, which is just outside of Naples, and it was magical. I loved every bit of it. The food, the wine, the excursions, all the stuff I'm leaving out that's between me and my WhatsApp booze. Hey, booze. My good, good friend Mickey came with me and I am still recovering. I loved it so much. My birthday was April 7th. Um, Did you get me anything like buying my books or joining the Patreon? You can always do any of those things. It doesn't matter if it's my birthday or not. I love presents. I'm not a big let's have a party person because I have an irrational fear that no one will show up or that the party will be boring, but I do like celebrating and gathering with my friends. I dream of hosting one day a masquerade, you know, something slightly bacchanal, maybe when I'm 50. Hmm. Actually, um, I've already kind of thought about what I want to do when I'm 50, and that is I want to host a little something at a villa in Italy. I love Italy so much. Can you tell? I've already checked the lunar calendar, and there will be a new moon for my birthday that year. So I want all of my friends to join me in dancing under the glow of the new moon so we can celebrate all the beautiful new things that come with age. Get a little woo-woo out there. That 50th birthday is both far and not so far away, but I want to keep the celebration vibes rolling. My very first episode here was February 5th, 2021. It's been a little bit over a year of This Is Good For You, and I didn't even acknowledge it. I am so sorry. You know, things have been a little wild, right, out there in the world. But first of all, thank you, thank you, thank you so much for listening. Whether you have been here since day one, or since Thursday kit, since another round, or since yesterday. Thank you. I love making this show for you and for me. I love talking to people about all the things that they're passionate about, and I love helping people take a little break from all the heavy things going on in the world. I once had an ex who tried to make me feel like shit all the time, and he would tell me that my work had no purpose because it wasn't like I was saving the world or anything. He said my writing wasn't a cure for cancer. It didn't even provide me with a way to live on my own. Like I, I couldn't even provide for myself, let alone anyone else. He was just, um, you know, he was, he was a little country conservationist jerk, okay? But I let what he said bother me so much because I think that's a major mindset for a lot of us, right? That if we don't do something that has immediate, lasting, earth-changing results, that means that we are useless people, that we are unproductive slobs that are just draining the resources of the planet. But what if it's enough that you've helped someone feel less alone? What if it's enough that you've helped someone learn a new craft? What if it's enough that you've helped unlock a talent someone never knew that they had or a talent they'd abandoned out of pressure to be capitalist machines? What if it's enough that you made someone smile at a silly joke and it was the first time they smiled all day? It is enough. It is. I do this show because I am a curious introvert who likes to get into the nitty gritty of how and why people do what they do. And I think we spend so much of our lives holding ourselves back from pleasure because we've been told that suffering is what makes our humanity valid. It does not. Sometimes I think about eulogies, right? And how the sign of a good person is how many people stand up and say, she gave and she gave and she never complained. They'd starve themselves to make sure you had food. He never even let us know he was in pain. 
But what did all these people pour back into those self-sacrificing folks now gone and buried? What did those martyrs do for fun? Maybe they died because all they did was run on fumes. So I'm here to say, gas yourself up. Enjoy life. There's so much in between being a self-centered hedonist and a hollowed-out martyr. Learn a new hobby. Play board games with your loved ones. Take a pole dancing class. Learn how to ride dick better. Get over your fears and take a long walk. You are still a good person if you treat yourself well. You still deserve to live if you actually enjoy the life you have. Give yourself some joy. It's good for you. If you like what we've been doing this year and want us to keep doing it for years to come, please support This Is Good For You's Patreon. This is what makes the show sustainable for us to do. Join the This Is Good community for playlists, custom drabbles, hearing your name read out on the show, and more. I love making these playlists for y'all. I already have two ready to go for the next two months, and they're so good. I just, I just love them so much. Please subscribe so you can get some of the best work of my music life. <laughs> Check it out at patreon.com slash thisisgoodpod. That's patreon.com slash thisisgoodpod. Hello, babies. <laughs> I've been waiting to say that recorded for so long, Nicole. I'm glad you got your chance. Hi, Eric. <laughs> Hi. For those of you who don't know, I'm Eric. I'm the producer here, and I get to listen to Nicole all the time from right outside the window. Uh, as Nicole is saying something incisive or is making us laugh, I want you to know, and this is on behalf of all the listeners who you also can't see doing this mm -hmm. we are laughing when you are <laughs> saying something ridiculous especially uh shout out to tracy clayton and the last episode the board game episode yes you you <laughs> you just go on we've worked with uh at multitude which we're so happy that you come here all the time and you record with us and it's such a light and a joy you come Aww. to the studio and do <laughs> thank you, you. This is like we do it like every other tuesday it's just yeah. like oh yeah nicole's coming it's great <laughs> if we've worked with tracy before on uh, my 90s playlist mm -hmm. and i'm just like like, all right, producing Tracy again. And then both of you, you do it to each other. Y'all like put gas each other up. It's incredible. We try, we try. It's incredible. But I'm so excited. I want to talk to you about how this year of This Is Good For You has gone. Oh, okay. I'm, I'm ready. <laughs> no, I'm just... You're like, oh, wait, why? that's not what we talked about? <laughs> no, it's just, you know, sometimes I'm like, oh, some people want to interview me sometimes, I guess. <laughs> Listen, this you're so good. See, you're even pre-interviewing yourself because these are a few questions that like we're going to touch on. But the first thing I guess I want to say is I want to share a particular moment that I had, and then this is going to go to our first question, is that um I want to talk about moments from interviews that went in directions that you didn't expect because uh, I don't want to say our favorite episodes because we all love them equally right. but I have to say that my most favorite is the one that my mom was on of 
course. <laughs> uh, all the way back, all the way back in the first few with uh, unconventional sports, right. and you got my mom to say that like my dad had put her down, and like that's why they broke up. And I'm like, damn, mom, go in, let's go. <laughs> And like I like that's what she did because you yeah. know we, I was a kid at the time and she was finding herself and mm-hmm. trying to like rediscover her personality after this divorce. So that was so surprising for me. Um, what moments from interviews you've done have been surprising, either from like folks you haven't met before mm-hmm. or folks that you have met before who said something new? Um, that's a really really good question. Um, I think they all kind of end up going. That this is a cheat answer right um but they all kind of end up going in places that i well maybe i should say this i try not to have any expectations um when i am interviewing people you know and i try there are some questions that i will ask everyone like how does this hobby or this leisure activity affects you know you outside of the actual activity because i want to know how like their lives have changed because of it Mm -hmm. um but i really enjoyed the episode with eleanor kagan about sewing because i don't know how to sew i don't i am not good at putting clothes and you know looking at different patterns and knowing how to like cross patterns and stuff like that and um i don't think that i have the patience necessarily for it but i would love to so i have actually since that episode i have been looking at clothes differently and Mm, trying to like add in more patterns into my wardrobe because i am very much a plain person like i want my clothes to just be something that i can wear all the time but with patterns people notice when you're wearing the same patterns over and over again right so but i've been trying to incorporate more patterns um i've even been kind of paying more attention to materials of clothes um to see that they're long lasting and you know stuff like that so i would say that that episode uh sewing has affected me um yep. more than i more than i thought it would um and i obviously i know eleanor from another round and thursday kit and just her, her experience as a producer so but it was really interesting to see that side of her and to see like how it's kind of like peeled off into my own whenever i try to like buy good quality clothes yeah, for sure. I think the thing about those particular episodes, the one with folks you knew from audio before, that like now you're seeing that they have a set of skills that you had no idea about. Mm-hmm. Like Eleanor Kagan is just like podcast person, you know? Yeah. And then it's like, oh, you are artistic in this totally other way. Mm-hmm. Um, to that point, I want to ask you a similar thing that you ask everyone else. We're not talking about work. What do you do as your hobbies? I cross-stitch. I very lightly dabble in photography. I like to do, um, I used to color in adult coloring books. Um, I'm sure, and the ones with the, the boobs and the abs and the, and the dicks, of course. <laughs> yes. Um, <laughs> Eleanor actually got me a Keanu coloring book. Oh, hell um, yeah. And then I have a couple of Prince ones. One Prince one I am not going to color in because it's just, it's on display. You know, I just want it to stay empty and pretty mm-hmm. um i like to cook a lot or i uh, used to um right now i'm kind of in a cooking funk because i'm just cooking for myself and i want to be able to like cook for other people and you know have people enjoy what i'm doing um let's see what else do i do uh, i can read you all of the indulgences if oh. that would help. <laughs> no <laughs> 
me tell you that. I think it'll take up too much time. <laughs> no, Nobody wants fine. to hear it. <laughs> yeah, I'll read you um. back your, script, your <laughs> script that you wrote out for yourself. Uh, well, I, I need to ask you, you're the one who tells me what's going on on Netflix and the streamers. Yeah. Like the romance uh, yeah. or, or on Acorn TV, of yeah. course. What TV shows are you watching right now? Ooh, okay. So I also recently subscribed to this streaming service. I don't know if it has like a different pronunciation other than like the letters, but MHZ, they're all these like foreign, these international shows. Um, so I've been looking at a lot of Italian mysteries uh, and French mysteries. And they're things that are kind of like from the early 2000s or something like that. So they're a little older, but they're really good. So I recently watched this French uh, show, Nicolas Lefloc. Mm. And it was on air from like 2008 to 2018. And there's only like 12 episodes. It's one of those situations where they release like one or two episodes a year. And yeah. that's a that's a season. Classic um, international. Right. Fall. Don't right. they know that we need more? Exactly. We have like a thousand episodes <laughs> of, oh God. Law I mean, and Order. Of Law and Order, SVU. Yeah. yeah. Of, of Suits. We need more of We this. need more. But it is a historical French mystery drama and it's fantastic it's so great um there's that and then i've been watching this other italian police show called emma tatarani it's funny it's silly but it is a detective like police procedural so that's what i've been watching through um that streaming service and then on netflix there's this show called the astrological guide to broken hearts that it's it's Italian. Uh, I've really been on an Italian kick. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and then, of course, uh, Bridgerton, which was um, released course, in yeah. March. Yeah. And of course, Acorn TV. I'm just always that's like my go to. But for newer stuff, Abbott Elementary. Yes. It's so good. It is so good. It's so good. It, the it's... only good thing that happened at the Oscars was <laughs> that the Abbott Elementary got that uh, got that promo. I know. I'm so proud of Quinta. Like, she's a friend of mine. I don't know. We've never oh, met. Really? No, oh, really? No, we've never met. Oh, but like, I, no, 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 no. <laughs> but it's so, it's so good. So those, that's what I've been watching. I appreciate you said we're a good friend when we never met. Because I'm, I just like, because when people, you might know them from the internet, but when people say that, you're like, yeah, we have like a, an, a heart connection. No. No, I've, I've never met her. <laughs> I did. You know, it's it's really funny that you brought her up because I saw this from a New York Times magazine article she that she was interviewed in. She said that the reason why Abbott Elementary has success is that people were tired of seeing their Twitter regurgitated back to them through their viewing. Mm-hmm. A lot of shows have started doing that, but people still want stories. And that's why Abbott Elementary is because it's like, you know, Folks at a elementary school, teachers, and living in that living that real environment, and I also feel that way about podcasts, yeah. like about how big true crime podcasts are and political podcasts are, and like everyone's recording an emergency breaking podcast, and I feel like this show is touching on something. Whereas, like, you don't need to just talk about work, or you don't just need to talk about news. You can talk about whatever you want. Yeah, exactly. And I feel like I mean, I'm not into true crime, but. I feel like the true crime bubble has burst and now people are ready to move on to something else. Uh, Sometimes the people who make these money decisions don't realize that Um, they just want to like this has been working for the past 10 years. So let's keep doing it. And the audience is like, no, we're ready to move on to something else now. I don't know. Well. Well, I don't know. That's no. I, I listen. That's why we do the show. Like the the whole thing that we ended up doing is like we know that you were 
all the way back in. Do you remember the year 2020? Uh, <laughs> all the way back. All the way back. We know that you were thinking about doing a show, and we wanted to give the opportunity for more folks to make shows, and that's why this thing came together in the first place. So yeah. we are 100% in agreement with you <laughs> when you say that about about the money decisions and and all that. Yeah, because I know that I'm good at talking to people and getting them to admit things that maybe they have never admitted before. Absolutely. <laughs> That's one of my questions is we're going to talk about your interview style in a second. So uh, 100% agree. Yes. Um, but I I think a lot of people still want a chatty feel, especially during that time when we were, you know, stuck in our homes for the most part. And we just wanted we missed the social aspect of going out and talking to our friends or, you know, there are even a, a rare breed of people who missed going to work and talking to their coworkers. <laughs> um, <laughs> but when you're listening to a chat podcast, Right. Um, You kind of can fool yourself into thinking that you're out with drinks with your friends. Um, So I think we people need to, you know, not poo poo chat um, podcasts as much as they do. So I think, you know, people want there's this thing where people want to make sure that they show that they're better than other people or that they. I listen to podcasts, but I listen to elevated podcasts, you know, the ones that make me miserable. You know, like... (laughs) (laughs) It's it's educational, and I hate it, and I have bad dreams. (laughs) Right. Like, okay, that's fine. But also, what if you listen to podcasts that make you feel good, you know? Um, uh, Because, again, I just think that there are so many places in the world where we can be made to feel bad. The yep. news makes us feel bad. Being on Twitter makes us feel bad because we're getting all these news or we're getting all these really ridiculous hot takes thrown at us um, or being introduced to people that, you know, we don't want to know against our will yeah. <laughs> for the most part. Um, life is just like a, a bunch of things that can weigh us down. And sometimes you don't have to be weighed down to be considered an intelligent person. You can also enjoy, you know, being made to feel good. Because I think if, you know, I don't know, court jesters... We're there for a reason. Um, so it's okay to like laugh and have a good time in the midst of strange times. I definitely agree with you. I also like the way that you say, you said chat podcasts as a positive thing, mm-hmm. which the only time I hear people say that is it as a negative. It's like, oh, that's just a chat show. Someone just put a mic down in the middle of their basement and then three white dudes are yelling their political. Right. And But like you're saying it in the way that like daytime talk shows are important. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like that's the inflection I got. And that's. Like, I loved hearing that because that's kind of the shows that we make. I've been trying to say conversational podcast mm-hmm. because I got to make it sound respectable to those right. people. Yeah, but, yeah. like, I love the warmth that you put to the word chat when you when you said that. Yeah, I, that's fine. And I think people think that, that when you have a chat podcast or a conversational podcast, that people are just coming to the studio or sitting in front of their laptops on Zoom with no prep right um you know maybe there are some that are like that uh, but i think we also get carried away with like a lot of celebrity podcasts um sure. that are just celebrities bringing in their celebrity friends and you think you're gonna get like some good juicy stuff and you're really just kind of not yeah <laughs> i mean you know um you're, you're getting their conversations but they're not really necessarily interesting well no i'm not gonna say that I'm not going to say they're not interesting, but I fi- <laughs> I will say that they don't seem to be very memorable because I don't see yeah. a lot of people talking about these celebrity chat podcasts beyond yeah. 
did you hear they had this guest on? And then that was it. They don't. No one says. No one's like, what do they talk about? No one's quoting them. Right. You know, no one's saying I listened to that podcast and then I went out and did something amazing or like I did something that I would not have normally done. I yeah. mean, it's fine if you just want to be a fly on the wall. I don't want to dismiss that either because that's very people are into that. And that's part of the charm of a chat podcast is, mm. you know, your audience is kind of there listening. But I think sometimes the celebrity podcasts, because they are used to being the star and maybe sure. they do just kind of come in and say, OK, what are we talking about? And then they go. And I think people think that that's what everybody else does. And that's not the, that's not the case at all. Yeah. Absolutely. There's a lot of work into it. You are the best one to show that and that you were like, <laughs> you're a real, very good interviewer. And Thank I think you. that really comes out. I want to talk to you about your interview style because we touched on this before. Here's two things that you do in all the, <laughs> I've listened to every single one of these, these interviews unedited and I see it every time. The first thing is that you really warm them up. You start really slow with them. And like some of those questions even get cut out in the beginning, mm -hmm. but you're just like, hey, oh, yeah, well, like, tell me what's going on. Like, what is this thing? And then you slowly ramp up. And then all of a sudden, you tell them a deep truth about themselves. <laughs> and they're like, what? <laughs> I think the best one was with... Um, for colored nerds yeah. when you told Brittany like some deep or both of them both the one for colored nerds and the hosts of Back Issue mm -hmm. I know that they were friends but you told them like deep truths and all of them were like what did you just do Nicole <laughs> what so where did this interview style come from like where where did this where did you cultivate it well first of all I know that I am very nervous you know when I am sat in an interview, um, whether it's for a job or for something like this or someone's interviewing me about my work, I'm very nervous and I appreciate a little bit of a warm up. Um, yeah. I think a lot of people, they don't know, like they may have an idea, obviously, what we're going to talk about, sure. but they don't know really what we're going to talk about, you know, like, so I just want to make people feel comfortable. They get used to my voice. They get used to the way that I talk, um, that kind of thing. And then I want to, I want to get into the the good stuff, the nitty gritty as much as I, as, as I can. Um, and that's just how I, I talk to my friends too. I'll just be mm -hmm. like, yeah, how was your day? Blah, 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 blah. Did that dude call you back? Like what, <laughs> you know, do I need to fight somebody? You know, like that kind of thing. So that's very much, uh, how I, I talk to, yeah. to people. Um, also, I feel like once you let somebody get comfortable and then you ask something deep, they know that they can trust you a, sure. a little bit, for, you know, at least for that moment. I mean, obviously, on a podcast, they know that this is going out to a large audience and that whatever deep, dark secrets that they have revealed, you know, someone else is going to get. But I just want people to be comfortable and to trust me. And then I do want people to feel like the interview is worth it, you know, yes. <laughs> whether they're using the opportunity as a chance to plug something or whatever. I still want them to feel good about the interview and not feel like it was a waste of time. And not like, oh, that was really boring yeah. or whatever. Um, so I love it when they tell me that they're going to talk about it to, with their therapist or <laughs> something like that. Like, I, again, I'm not, I'm not trying to make anybody feel bad, but I think it's I think we're always constantly learning. And even though we may be very self-aware and, you know, we know ourselves and we feel like there's nothing new about us I think there's always something that we can kind of peel back and discover so I try to get people just to think of things differently and it's also how I approach routine mm -hmm. um, and also how I approach my romantic relationships because I think 
I'm going on a on a tangent that maybe no, I please, should please. talk to my therapist about. But no, um, I mean this is fair considering how so many of the intros <laughs> begin with something that happened in your life before, yeah. and a lot of your exes who I keep figuring out <laughs> how you just keep dating these dudes. Just, oh come my on. gosh! Um, but when it comes to routine, and especially in a relationship, because I think you know some people they are afraid of relationships because they're like, what if I get bored? And this is how I approach routine, how I approach reading and watching stuff over and over again. Like I love to reread something that I have already read a dozen times before. Obviously I watch Frasier all the time. It's like, what's the point of watching it so much if you've seen it? But I do this thing where I don't necessarily forget. Sure. Like, you know, it's not like I'm completely wiping my mind of it, but I try to always approach everything fresh yeah. and try to like, um, even though these things are like comfort reads, comfort TV shows, whatever, I still just want to be able like, oh, this is something new. You know, like when I'm watching TV, if I know the actions in the center of the screen, then the third time I watch it, I try to look for what's happening in the bottom right corner of the yeah. screen, you know, that kind of thing. And so that's how I feel when I am talking to people. So it's like, I've got to ask you this kind of question, but maybe I can look over in the bottom left corner of of your mind for this that. answer. That's so interesting. No, like I totally get that. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah. And that's how I also, like I said, approach romantic relationships. Like we've been together for two years. You would think that maybe it's a little boring, but then I'm going to try to look at you from a different angle and see something new about you to keep the relationship going, keep it fresh and keep it interesting. So maybe your socks on the floor don't make me angry today. And, <laughs> I, you know, that kind of thing. So I always try to look at it from a different point of view um, and see what else I could love about you. No, I think that's fair. I think you're also doing that, and this is important more maybe as an interviewer than as someone's uh, partner, is that you do challenge. We we come on this show for people to talk about the thing that they love, mm-hmm. and then you're like, but have you thought of it like this? And you are challenging it. I think two really great examples of this was one when you were talking about I- to Isaac, about like the things that can happen to people like Nicole mm-hmm. when you go walking for an extended period of time, or when you were talking to Josh about sports stuff Mm -hmm. and when you're like i'm not like i don't care if a dude messed up a dunk like i'm i'm gonna forgive him (laughs) you know and i i think that you're doing something interesting by challenging them or letting making them look at their own thing that they love Mm -hmm. from an interesting perspective because you maybe are you're starting at or you are looking at the bottom right corner of the screen Mm -hmm. yeah i try to give people different ways of looking at what they love to make sure that they still love it exactly yes (laughs) yeah yeah yeah. (laughs) so it's like yeah, you like walking, but don't you realize that somebody could push you off the bridge when you're walking? And yeah. do you still love it? And I guess it's kind of like I'm challenging the risk and reward yeah. of, of what you love. But I think that the guests that we've had on are also thoughtful in mm-hmm. the way that the show is structured that like they have they have something to say. Yeah. No one's like oh, no, I don't like this anymore. Like, that would be a problem if you did that. But if they need a, if you're coming on this show, you should love the thing you love. So I think that it's worthwhile. Yeah, exactly. If someone questions you or challenges you on the thing that you love, you should be able to defend it, right? And you should be able to talk about something more than just saying, I don't know, I just like it. Like, but why do you like it? What is, you know, is it? 
does it go back to your childhood and you know, spending time with your father? Or is it about how you made up with your father? And, you know, I don't know, like all this kind of stuff. But, I, you know, I'm not trying to be their therapist. <laughs> I am not trained in, in any way. But I just want I like for people to think about things uh, from different from different angles. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think it creates great audio. And I'm <laughs> laughing on the other side of the recording for most of that time. And I definitely, yeah, I do try to keep it light, you know, because... Oh, you do. It's yeah. not like you're not, you're, <laughs> you're not like holding... Unless someone offers it. Like uh, Liz was a really great example yeah. of Liz Lens. Like, all you were like, yeah, tell me about running. And then she's like, I'm going to pull out all of my dark stories. Yeah. But she's a writer. She has that story in her pocket and she wants to share that. So mm-hmm. it's like you ask an open-ended question or give like a little bit of resistance and then they'll give you what they're ready to give you. Yeah. And that was a really good episode too, the running one with Liz lens it gave me an unexpected look at running because uh again i was so resistant to it as a physical activity um but she positioned it as a form of connection um with family members and things like that and i was just like okay that's really interesting i did not start running um and i probably (laughs) (laughs) i probably never will uh but i really appreciated how she made me rethink about running. So I have been less negative about running. So that's, again, another lesson that I've kind of learned where I've just kind of been like, you know, let me not poo-poo on something because I don't know why someone else has a connection to it. Absolutely. Yeah. Now I'm going to take a page out of your book and I'm going to provide a little bit of resistance to you. Are you ready? (laughs) Okay. So a question that we talked about all the way in the beginning, Mm -hmm. right when we started thinking about what the show would be and you brought this idea, like, I want to talk about hobbies. Or like, well, are we ever going to going to talk about work and we're like no this should explicitly not be about work mm-hmm. of course we've had some people on here because the folks you know take parts of their life and turn it into capital c content unfortunately yeah, right. as someone who has written a book of essays about your own life and does this show about your own hobbies and other people's hobbies do you think that you're violating your own rule about turning your life into content yeah <laughs> <laughs> yes I, I yes do. i am next question yes. <laughs> Yes, I am. Um, And I have I really tried to figure out like how I could not do that. But it's like I got to eat, too. I got to have a a roof over my head, too. Um, So I have thought about that. And yeah, I am cheating. Yeah, I'm I'm like breaking my own rules because I do want people to have something that they can do that's just for them. And they don't feel the pressure to like monetize it. But obviously, that's what I've done here. (laughs) Um, So it does bother me. It does bother me sometimes. But I I like doing it. So that's fair. I mean, you're allowed to do it. The reason why I asked you about your hobbies is that, like, I know there are things that you do that you don't necessarily talk about in the show sometimes. Mm-hmm. And, like, that's fair. Like, why well, you're not going to put a microphone down on the table and, like, record a conversation you have with your friends or something. Right, yeah. So, like, I know that there are things that you like to do that you, that, don't come here. And maybe like, it's funny about what you said in the essay before this, in that like the person who is giving so much of themselves and like give, they need to give something back. But what you're doing is that you are allowing folks to do the thing for themselves by you giving up maybe more of your own self mm. as providing that platform. Mm. Someone needs to build the platform and that requires work, even if you enjoy the fact that now people get to use the platform. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I hope that you do spend time and do stuff for yourself, which I know you do, but I want to encourage <laughs> you to continue to do that. Thank you. Yeah, I guess 
somebody does have to do the work, and I guess I, I'm I'm fine with being that person. And now I get to come in and interview you, so the burden falls on me, and I'm the best. I'm the martyr. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> that, that's what I need everyone to take away. Uh, I have one final question. Okay. I need to know about how you balance going from sexy to non-sexy and sexy back at all times. This is this is the funniest thing. When we were putting together the first two episodes of, of this, uh-huh. you're like, oh, here's what we're going to do. We're going to talk to Needlepoint. I'm going to talk to uh, Badass Cross Stitch. We're going to talk to my mom, and I have this thing. And I'm like, and then we're going to talk about riding dick. <laughs> I'm like, oh, these are the two sides of Nicole that fit together at all times. The thing that I, I find I am in all of you for be able to do is to switch from talking about sexy topics or a sexy phrase to not so casually. Mm. And, and I don't maybe casually isn't even the right word, but like seamlessly. Some people, when they have that conversation, it's like when you go onto a website and it's like, are you sure you're 18? Yeah. yeah and yeah. like people do that in conversation, but mm-hmm. you don't do that. You're just like, you're like, blah, blah, blah. And then uh, cunnilingus. And then you swatch fast with back to something else. Seamlessly, like how how are you able to do that? I I think it's a it's a it's a power, and it's really effective to make people comfortable in talking and being around sex. Uh, Well, thank you. Um, So when you asked me earlier about my interview style, I was like, well, I like to warm people up first, and it's very much a part of my own like personal adult time. See, this is exactly (laughs) what I'm talking about. It's like, all right, my interview style is like my foreplay, you know? And you're just like, yeah, no, this is the best way I can. Explain it. This is how we're gonna do it. Yes. It's like you're so you're like anti-puritanical. <laughs> Isn't that you're like we're never talking about sex? It's like no, this is just the best way I have to describe it. It yeah, is what it is. It's yeah. It's just uh, you gotta warm everything up a little bit, and then you can get to the good stuff. And then like <laughs> <laughs> once you get there, you can stay there for a little bit, and then ease back down. And then you know, like this is very much. <laughs> Welcome to Nicole's bedroom. Um, That's very much. (laughs) This is where the magic happens, the podcast studio. It's just, I don't know. That's just very much how it is for me. Um, But also in that warm up process, when I'm asking these very like, quote unquote, innocent questions, I'm also trying to see, is this a person I can say something about sex too, and they will be okay with it. Or if I bring up a sexual metaphor, they'll be okay. Mm -hmm. And uh, sometimes I can just be very upfront and use really dirty words, or other times I will try to use euphemisms or something like that, Mm -hmm. you know, whatever. Um, And I don't necessarily, like... Um, get into sexual stuff, obviously, with everybody. Sure, but, sure. But again, I'm using that warm-up period to kind of get to know my my subject, who I'm talking to. Like, I feel like sex is a very surface thing for me. And it's when I try to get a little deeper in talking about love and family and stuff, that's when I'm a little bit more protective. Sure. So for me, just throwing off a sex joke is just, like, very easy. And it's, you know, it's nothing. Going past that, that's when I'm like, ah, no. That's vulnerability, and I don't, I don't want you to see me. Um, no, that's really interesting. <laughs> and you, you, it's funny. You, it's like once you figure it out, you can use sex as a safe zone to move back from. Yeah. But like, you know, hey, we're living here in the 21st century. Like, sex is funny and fun to talk about. Yeah, I mean, yeah. we can see. Well, I don't know. It's been so long since I've been like out in the world, right? But you know, the thing of sex sells everything. Sure. Like, you can go and see couples writhing on a billboard to sell you perfume or something like that and all kinds of stuff. So I just feel like if we're exposed to sex 
on that level, it should be okay for us to talk about it like one on one. And right. it's not even about trying to to get into somebody else's bed or anything. It's not, you know, just because I bring up sex doesn't mean I'm trying to have sex with you. It's just like it's just in the air for me. Sure. No, it's fair. I mean, people, like. I think that's real. Like people don't. This is like when dudes think that the only reason that a girl would be nice to him is like because oh, they she wants to smash. Like that's just a, like y'all can just you can just talk. And I yes. think that you're you're doing some really interesting stuff. Yes. Of being able to uh, meet meet that where it is. It's like no, this is this is a big part of our life as. Americans as people living in the 21st century, et cetera. Let's just let's just do it. Right. So I feel like, you know, we're all adults. We all know what sex is. We shouldn't be afraid to just talk about it and bring it up in conversation. Because, yeah. again, a mention of sex does not mean meet me in my bedroom. I, I don't know necessarily how I move back and forth. I do try to be respectful. Sure. You know, like I said, I do try. If someone is maybe not comfortable with it, I'm not going to force them to talk about sex. Uh, if, if they don't Oh, of want course to. not. No, yeah, no, 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 no. yeah, yeah. But I just. I don't know how I move back and forth. And I don't even, usually when I bring up sex, it's usually in a silly way. Yes. You know, yeah. <laughs> I think maybe that's part of it too. Like I, again, I'm not trying to be vixen with it sure. or whatever, because I'm actually very silly and goofy and awkward. <laughs> and, and, and people don't seem to, they can't understand that. Like, how can you be a person who talks about sex so much, but also you're kind of shy and awkward or whatever? Um I don't know. It's just the wiring of me. Yeah, I mean, it's great. It makes people who are who think it's also funny and fun, dude, yeah. they make them comfortable. I yeah. think it's part of that whole thing. Yeah. You know, I try to keep it light, you know, and funny and silly and no pressure for anybody. So for sure. If they don't want to talk about it, then we don't have to talk about it. No, listen, I I, I, I was only saying because I think it's very impressive. And I think that it's great, especially some of the sex education we've done on the show. Yeah. I think it's been really important. Yeah. I actually want to I've been trying to think of like people or some more guests that are, you know, more sexual or, you know, sexual hobbies that I could talk to without it being redundant. Sure. Um, so hopefully we can get you know, some more guests to come on and talk about sexy things. Absolutely. <laughs> Secret final question. If you have anyone on the show to talk about their hobbies, who would it be? I want to talk to Hosier. <laughs> Andrew <laughs> Hosier Byrne. I want to talk to him so bad. And I would love to talk to him about the things that he does away from music um, because uh, not only is he cute and fascinating, but I do think that there is more to him, obviously, because he's a fairly private person and he tries to, you know, have a lot of boundaries between himself and his fans, which I totally respect. But I am I think that I could get him to talk about some things that he has never shared before Ooh. and not anything like super deep. You know what I'm like? I'm not going to like peel back any childhood trauma, but I just want him to like, OK, so every now and then when it's like his birthday or something mm -hmm. or somebody gives him where he's he lives in um, County Wicklow in Ireland. <laughs> yes, I know. <laughs> um, know I can't tell you the streets. I don't know that. <laughs> I'm not that bad. Um, but um, when he does something, he gets like these birthday cakes that are very beautiful and elaborate. And he seems to have a, a sweet tooth. Mm. And I want to talk to him about that. You know, so something like that, which I feel like is safe enough. But even me saying that, I'm scared that like somebody's going to listen to this and then steal my idea. But I didn't tell like all of my ideas. So. TM, TM, TM. No one steal Nicole's yes. idea. All <laughs> <Exactly>. you listeners, <laughs> we've already trademarked it. It's copyrighted. This is our idea. <laughs> 
Nicole, thank you so much for sitting down with me here on <laughs> This Is Good For You, your show. Thank uh, you. Thanks for letting me say hello, babies. I've been waiting to do that for so many episodes. And, you know, here's to 29 more and and beyond. Yes. Thank you so much. Thank you to Multitude for letting me do the show. I am so grateful to y'all. I love the show. I love doing it so much. Um, I love all the guests that have been on. Yes. Um, I really, I, I just love making the playlists for our Patreon subscribers. They're so good. They're so good. At... <laughs> um, and I say this as someone who also loves making playlists. Like, these are great playlists. Uh yeah, I just I am just having a really good time. So I am glad that we have been able to do this for over a year because yeah. that is also significant. Podcasts come and go. They're kind of like the restaurants <laughs> yes, true. of media. You know, everybody wants to open a restaurant, but then they realize, oh, shit, it's a lot of hard work and it can be pretty costly or what all the obstacles when it comes to opening a restaurant, keeping it successful. So podcasts are very similar that way. A lot of people think all they need is just to get on the mic and then they find out, no, you actually need to build an audience and keep them coming back. I'm just really grateful for everyone who keeps listening and tuning in. So thank you. Nicole, I'm stealing that. That's really good. <laughs> I, I'm letting you know we're stealing that. <laughs> That's a great, that is a great idea. This is Good For You. It's hosted by me, Nicole Perkins, and produced by Multitude. Our lead producer is Eric Silver. Our editor is Misha Stanton. And our executive producers are Amanda McLaughlin and me. Our theme was created by Don Will, and our art is by Jessica E. Boyd. You can follow the show at This Is Good Pod, and you can follow me at Tennessee Whiskey Woman. That's T-N, whiskey with an E, woman. And a huge, huge thank you to everyone who supports the show on Patreon, especially to our supporting producer-level patrons, Chelsea, Conchetta, Courtney, Elizabeth, and Mira. To get exclusive rewards like stickers, monthly playlists curated by me, and even custom drabbles written just for you, join us for as little as $5 a month at patreon.com slash thisisgoodpod. This was good for me. Was it good for you? <laughs>